On today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we discuss the missing piece that is responsible for 99% of your results in keto and in life with Charles Clay. You can go to doctors, you can go on Google, you can go seek externally, but nobody knows you, your soul and your body like you. So why not allow that to be an opportunity to improve that relationship with yourself? And every time you listen to your intuition and honor that, say yes to that, you're saying yes to your soul. You're saying yes to your highest path. And that's exciting because, you know, when we're, when we're praying, it's like we're talking to God. But when we are listening and saying yes to our intuition, that's God talking to us. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today, we have my friend, Charles Clay, who is an inner peace coach, an incredible speaker, published author, and founder of Freedom From Pain Coaching. Charles and I connected many years ago through Facebook. I believe this was 2018, 2019. We did a Facebook Live together, and he rocked that live stream. I remember the comments, and the conversation was incredible. And we got back together now for a podcast episode. And you're going to love Charles Clay. His story is incredible. Some of the things, some of the challenges that led to opportunities growing up. You're going to hear about his mom and his mom committing suicide, how he was stuck on a mountain with a broken back and what he did to get out of this mountain during a snowstorm. And some of the things he discovered along the way for him to tap into inner peace. And when we talk about the success you're going to get in life, not just keto, not just with your health, but in life, he believes 99% is mindset. And I tend to agree with him. And we're going to discuss what exactly is inner peace and how that relates to addictive personalities, bad behaviors, and how we could turn that around, whether that is addictions to drugs, sugar, uh, toxic relationships, what can we do to overcome that and take responsibility We'll talk about the negative voices in our head. We all have them. I call it stinking thinking. If you're thinking is stinking, your dreams are shrinking. I always say that. And he has a really cool approach with giving it a unique name and identifying it as a way to understand it, which is the ego, and to let it pass and for you to treat it as a different person that's a part of your past. You're going to learn about that step-by-step process. He dives deep into exactly what inner peace means to him, 
how he helps humans connect to themselves, to nature, etc. He'll talk about his program about teaching others to achieve inner peace. We talk about the imposter syndrome. I share a little bit about how I get into a stinking thinking rut where I start comparing myself to other people. He gives me some coaching on that, and I open up about that authentically as well. And so much more. You're going to love Charles Clay. He is incredible. You can learn more about him on his website, charlesclay.coach, and his social media. We'll put all that down below. If you want to watch the video version of today's interview and all interviews of the Keto Camp Podcast, you could find those on our YouTube channel with incredible edits and intros, notes, youtube.com slash keto camp. Before I bring on Charles, I want to get to today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from my friend Scott, who says, Ben is an amazing host, five stars. Ben brings out the absolute best in every guest he has on the show. His interview style is remarkable and positive. His ability to parse out the key details is perfect. He strikes perfect balance of science and real-life experience to make the content understandable and actionable. I listen to dozens of health podcasts, and I can say without question, Keto Camp, hosted by Ben, is absolutely a must-listen. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Ben's Keto Camp podcast. You will wish you had done it sooner. Thank you, Ben, for your hard work and effort to make such a wonderful podcast. Scott, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. That review speaks volumes. I know how much you listen to podcasts and how much you are in the health space. So the fact that you are getting so much value from the conversations we're having here, I'm just so excited about that. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening and taking the time to leave that rating and review. It really does help the show grow and reach more people. So if you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review, please do so. Maybe I'll read yours on the next episode. I'm going to bring Charles on in a second, but I wanted to share something with you when it comes to keto. There is a science to keto, and there's a lot of science to the benefits of a ketogenic lifestyle and what ketones do to raise your basal metabolic rate, lower insulin, lower glucose, lower inflammation, how ketones help to produce more mitochondria, which creates more ATP and energy. There is a science. There's also an art to keto. My job, my responsibility, and my duty is to bridge the gap between the science and art of keto. The science is clear. This is what the science shows. However, we are unique as human beings where we have a unique health history. We have unique goals. We have different lifestyles and genetics that also play a role. So that's where the art comes into play. And I want to teach you the science and the art of keto. So I decided to put together a free live training where I'm going to tie it all together and outline the four secrets to keto so you can understand the science but also the art so you could apply it for amazing results. I want to make you the artist. This is a free training taking place on August 25th, which is Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. It is a live training. It is not a replay. I will be on there teaching you for those who join. Now, here's the thing. We only have room for a certain amount of people who could join this live training. This capacity is going to be reached by the time we start the training. So hopefully you're hearing this on time and you go to ketosis 
ketosismasterclass.com. That is ketosismasterclass.com and register your free spot. Join me. We'll have a 24-hour replay available so we bridge the gap between the science and the art of keto. Make sure you grab a pen and paper. Take a lot of notes. This is going to be unlike anything you've attended before. It is a brand new training, and I'm excited to reveal it to you. We'll drop a link for that in the notes down below of this podcast. Let's talk about inner peace with Charles Clay. Charles Clay is a published author, founder of Freedom from Pain Coaching. His mission is to help people discover and embrace their most powerful selves so they can share their special gifts, talents, and passions in the world while overcoming obstacles like fear and resistance. Here is my friend, Charles Clay. Charles Clay, my brother, we are reunited. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Yes. Happy to be here, brother. It's good to see you again. Good to see you again. You're in Texas. I'm in Miami. You just got off a nice two-month vacation. You were telling me in Hawaii. And uh, I believe it was about six years ago-ish that we connected uh, via a live stream. I think it was a Facebook Live. And I've been watching you on social media. And I just love how you show up, how much you honor your wife and your, your daughter. And I want to get into your backstory. You've got an amazing story, uh, pain to purpose to promise, like so many of us in this space. But you dealt with, at a young age, death. You know, your mom, uh, I want you to share that story and how that embedded into your lifestyle as an adult. So let's go back to you as a kid. I think it was, you were what, four years old when your parents got divorced. Your mom told you you're getting divorced. Actually, same age as me, uh, by the way. My, par- my mom told me when I was four years old that my parents were getting divorced. How did that impact you going forward? How, how did that conversation go if we could go back to that four-year-old kid? And how did that impact you going forward? Yeah, it's wow. That was one of my first memories that I remember just super vividly. I remember the leather jacket that my mother was wearing. I remember the smell of it. I remember the colored lipstick she had on. And she knelt down, gave me a big hug and shared that they got a divorce. I didn't even know what that meant at the time and that she was leaving. And what a mix of emotions, man, for a four-year-old to just be told that the woman that I love the most is leaving and I don't know why. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, like these younger parts of us, I heroically felt like it was my job to keep our parents together and to keep the family as a unit. And so I instantly, you know, created these decisions about myself then in that challenging experience that, you know, would keep revolving in my subconscious and show up, uh, many years later. And one of which was, you know, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. And, you know, that love has to equal pain and, and that I can't keep the ones that I love around. And so these were the decisions I made about myself in that experience that would then show up as struggles later in life. And, you know, it's the classic abandonment wound. So I think a lot of people can relate to this when mom or dad, leaves for a certain amount of time. But luckily, we, uh, my brother and I got to go see our mom again. Uh, Many months later, she met a new boyfriend, moved in with him in this little town called Preston in Washington. And these were some of the most vivid, incredible memories that I have. Because, 
we got to go in the camper and invite a friend and play Uno all the way to ocean shores and get to experience the ocean, even on like a cloudy, you know, rainy day. It didn't stop us from rolling up our pant legs, wearing our, you know, parkas and going out chasing the waves and come back just soaking wet, you know, to the camper. And like, so these were just these incredible vivid memories that I had with my mom growing up, which uh, were priceless because she battled with depression and alcoholism. There were times when we would come home from school and, you know, she'd be nearly passed out and my brother and I would, you know, have to take care of her and pour out her bottles of booze. And, you know, it was just this polar contrast of like, she was just the most angelic, loving, big hearted, you know, experienced life to the darkest places and the struggles that she was dealing with that led her on a pretty um, rapid downward spiral where one day, you know, I was 10 years old and my dad picked us up from baseball practice and it's like an average day, but he pulled the car over. And I'm kind of looking at my brother like, man, something's wrong. What's going on? And my dad turned around and told us that mom had died. And this was just the deepest pain, you know, I'd experienced to date. It was felt like somebody was hitting me with a baseball bat in the stomach over and over again. And shortly after, you know, it wasn't long we were at... Her funeral and I'm sitting next to my brother and I'm trying my hardest not to cry at my own mom's funeral because of the beliefs I'd picked up from older kids I hung out with about you're a guy you gotta you know be strong can't show weakness crying's for girls all this like silly beliefs that I uh, picked up at an early age that then you know became repressed and so these were emotions that um, became issues in my tissues later on and would show up as pain, you know, down the road. And so I became uh, pretty stoic after being a short fuse through early adolescence. Uh, I was really reactive, you know, someone call you stupid or something, it would be, you know, fighting words and kind of get riled up. And instead, I, I didn't like that about myself early on. So I literally chose one day to flip the switch and just be stoic and not allow anybody to rattle my cage and just control my emotions. And that was an upgrade from where I was at. But over time, and I was like dealing with the same reoccurring injuries, my neck, tension showing up everywhere in my body. And, you know, my background's in kinesiology and uh, health and wellness and exercise science. And so I had this deep fascination and appreciation for these human bodies, these sensory suits. So I went all the scientific routes to try to heal the pain, but nothing really worked long-term until I really got cracked open in 2008. You know, it was uh, a huge awakening for me. I was up in Mammoth Mountain with a couple buddies of mine, and it this day was extreme. It was full-on blizzard. There was snow coming every which way. You could barely see a tree from like 10 meters in front of you. And I remember just looking at my friends like, man, the chairlifts 
are stopped. Like it was so dangerous up there that we just looked at each other. We're like, Hey, let's just charge and, you know, stay low and be ready for anything. And so we're actually having a blast um, down this mountain. So about halfway down, I went off a jump that I didn't know was there. And I remember being in midair in this white abyss, freaking out because it felt like I just went off a cliff. And I had no idea where the landing was. I tensed up. As soon as I hit, it felt like a lightning bolt just hit me in the low back. And I knew I was in big trouble. I yelled to my friends, hoping that they could hear me and help. But they were ahead of me and already, you know, just flying down. And so I looked at my phone and my phone's dead. And I'm in the middle of a blizzard at like a level 11 on a 10 scale of pain. And, you know, it's in those moments that we're able to channel like uh, a deeper inner Spartan warrior, you know, and just find another gear. And I was able to flick my board off and sit on it and try to slide down as far as I could because I couldn't quite stand up. It was so painful. And I would take moments to just, you know, lay down and, and breathe into the pain for a while. And eventually I made it down the mountain to then go see doctors. And I uh, got multiple opinions because I didn't like what they were saying. I was told uh, after seeing the MRIs and the x-rays that, you know, my back's in such bad shape that I would need surgery ASAP or I might never move the same again. So for someone with a deep appreciation background in kinesiology, and even in a fight or flight state, I was still able to access my intuition and opt out of that option and choose a path of self-healing. And it wasn't an easy path, but thank God I did because, you know, I remember being in my apartment in San Diego at the time and I could barely crawl to the bathroom. I was in so much pain and I had to finally surrender. It was like my body was like, hey, there's no escaping this. It's time to feel it. And I just surrendered to all the stuff that I had been avoiding, all the feelings of fear, whether I'd be able to move the same again, shame, because I couldn't even stand up straight, let alone get to work or do anything productive, and uh, even grief that I hadn't fully felt yet from the loss of my mom. And so this was finally the first time that I'd gone deeper into those emotions and just had an epic cry. And just in a pool of tears, it's like after a good cry, you know, there's this deep level of clarity that comes. And I remember setting an intention and going into a meditation with the intention that healing naturally, like getting, receiving all the answers to healing naturally. And during that meditation, a friend I hadn't talked to in two years texted me at the same time and said, hey, I heard you're in bad shape with your back. Check out Neurokinetic Therapy, NKT, the work of David Weinstock. So this was a rabbit hole that really you know, catapulted my um, career and trajectory of my life because I had, you know, I was like, man, this is connecting so many dots for me. I need to go see this guy and see if he can help. And I got on the phone with him and he connected me with his top student in San Diego at the time, Christina. So I went for my first session and I looked like Shakira stuck in a mid hip dance move. Like my hips were over to the left, my upper body's over to the right. 
I'm like, can you help me? And it, it was embarrassing, but it was also my body was showing, displaying like how out of alignment I was with my purpose at that time. You know, taking on 10 clients a day as a trainer, living off coffee and, and supplements and then going out on the weekends and avoiding these heavy emotions and feelings by numbing it out with, you know, sex, drugs, pleasure seeking, rock and roll, all the things. And so this was a huge monumental shift for me in my path because she got me on the table and started testing muscle groups. And she would have me push down with my foot to test my glutes and nothing was working. I was like, man, what do you mean my glutes aren't working? That's weird. I have huge glutes. And she's like, yep, all form, no function. Let's figure out why. And she had me clench my jaw and then retested the glutes. And all of a sudden they were back online. And this was really interesting because my body had just showed us that the neurological traffic jam was in my jaw and not allowing the signal to get to the bigger muscle groups to contract and stabilize my spine for movements. And so we found this compensation pattern, um, a couple of the areas in my body and corrected those, you know, she's putting on these rubber gloves. She's like, I know we just met, but I'm going to have to go in your mouth. <laughs> I said, you're what? And uh, so she's massaging my jaw. It was super painful, but literally opened up these pathways and just releasing the overfiring muscle groups opened up and allowed these muscles to come back online that were shut off. I got off the table and I was 90% better in one session. I was, could feel alignment again. I could move. I gave her a huge hug. I said, listen, I'm going to come see you every week. And I took all of David Weinstock's courses, became a neurokinetic therapist. And that literally changed the whole trajectory of my life to get to help other people you know, have an alternative um, with natural healing to getting surgeries or understanding these messages from the body. So it was a game changer. Wow. A lot to unpack there, Charles. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality, are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? This may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer 
delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally, and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and... $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best-tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy-tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. Messages from the body, you called it sensory systems. I want to talk about that. In relation to some of the addictive behaviors you had, you mentioned sex, sex, drugs, and rock and roll uh, on the weekends, right? You were essentially not following your purpose, your highest values. The Greeks call it your telos, this this chief aim, right? And it showed up with addictive behaviors and symptoms. So what are your thoughts on that word addiction? Is addiction bad? Is addiction good? What? Why do we, a lot of people suffer certain addictions, whether it's pornography or drugs or alcohol, or in your case, it was a combination of a few of those things. But what are your thoughts on addiction and addictive personalities? Great question, because I, f- I feel like everybody can relate to this in some way or another, whether it's even your phone that you're addicted to or alcohol, pills, whatever your thing is, it's all about relationships, right? So our relationship with our body, our relationship with these substances or whatever the addiction is to, it's when that's out of balance, and it becomes where it's you know overused to the point where it's not serving us anymore and actually can hinder us in a lot of ways. So for me, you know, this was a profound journey into that because I discovered that addiction is just the surface level title for what's usually pointing to deeper childhood trauma. And when we resolve and release those old limiting beliefs and finally metabolize energy that's been trapped in our system as you know trapped stuck emotions then this allows for new energy to flow through our bodies and i developed a system that makes it really easy to self-source so instead of needing the dopamine hit or the pleasure or all the things externally There's a way to easily rewire your brain to actually sourcing those good feelings and the, you know, the neurotransmitters, the adrenaline, the the oxytocin, all these good feelings that are already within you. It's your natural pharmacy that's within you. You've just been using these things externally to access it. So why not get good at self-sourcing that? And what I found is that it literally helps you lose the magnetism to addictions, you know, whatever the thing is that you felt like you needed, whether it's smoking or, you know, 
alcohol, for example, you know, my personal relationship, there was a time when my, uh, I was addicted to cannabis and I was in denial for quite a while. You know, denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> it's, uh, it's when you're not willing to face, you know, something that's not working in your life. That relationship was so out of balance that it took this combination of, you know, first going deeper into the parts of me that wanted to be healed and bringing love, support, and safety to those areas that the inner child within me that was still not facing the grief, right? And then connecting all these dots because for all the smokers out there, our lungs, as we know in Chinese medicine, is associated with grief. And so if we are trying not to feel grief or move through that and let our bodies experience that, then uh, we seek smoking or, you know, whatever the crutch is to help you avoid that uncomfortable, that scary feeling. And in doing that, it, you know, can lead to illness and dis-ease, right? So I was fortunate that I connected all these dots and began taking space, set a commitment, um, just a short one, not like a huge New Year's resolutionist, but I developed this system for um, building momentum in um, taking space from whatever is out of alignment with your relationships. And for me, with cannabis, by going to the depths of that, it was like, now I'm not smoking anymore, so the stuff comes up, right? All the feelings, the sadness. I'd just be watching a movie, and you know, it'd be like a silly scene, but all of a sudden it's like, really hits. It's about a kid in this movie going through something and it would really strike that chord in me and allowed for some more tears to fall. And so that was beautiful because by allowing those feelings to be felt, releasing that energy and then doubling down on self-sourcing, you know, opting on uh, healthy rewards and healthy, you know, celebrations, things that naturally filled my cup and access those feel-good hormones and, and neurotransmitters, then I was rewiring my brain and I, I lost that magnetism to the substance. I didn't have the same need or you know need to reach for this substance outside of me by going to the source of what it was pointing to um, that I was avoiding. So uh, you know it's been really cool because now, you know, I've simplified this whole system and get to help a lot of people um, confront and heal the source of their addictions. And these are for a lot of people that are, you know, maybe have tried the AA route or they just know that isn't their path. There is, you know, a very profound and easy way to self-source and to heal those childhood traumas that are um, the source of the need for that addiction in the first place. And it is profound what happens when you exchange, you trade in this substance that's out of alignment with that relationship for self-sourcing. Man, it's like your self-trust increases, your self-worth, your confidence, your integrity. And that's what I found I really had to take a look at, you know, with myself and with my clients. Whenever I said, hey, I'll meet you, come help you move, 2 p.m. on Saturday. Whatever I was showing up for other people, I would always hold those agreements really well. Good man of my word. 
But when it came to the, the smaller agreements that I was making with myself, you know, like I need to quit texting and driving. Uh, I need to quit sugar, you know, and I would go about it the like New Year's resolutionist style. I'm just going to give up sugar for the year and get in the best shape of my life, feel amazing. And, you know, you get about a month, month and a half in and life throws you some curveballs. And next thing you know, it's like Labrador brain kicks in and reaching for the cookie again. And then when I think that I could just sweep that under the rug, like it was no big deal. What was actually happening there was every time I didn't uphold that agreement I made with myself, I was chipping away at my self-trust, chipping away at my confidence and my integrity. And this is what a lot of people don't look at and realize because that means that voice of self-doubt can get really loud, you know, and keep us playing small in a lot of ways. Whereas with this system, it's like you just chunk it into small wins and get good at self-sourcing and, and rewarding yourself with natural ways of accessing those feel-good emotions and, and chemistry within you. and going into the depths to find the lessons and blessings in those childhood traumas, transforming those into, you know, making peace with those experiences and those events, then it's like you free up so much energy in your system and you can look back and realize, man, how it was all happening for us. You know, so a lot of people battle these things for their entire lives you don't realize how much energy we're giving to these external substances when we could be channeling that into our purpose, into creating, you know? So it really comes down to, you know, choosing creator consciousness over consuming, you know? And I was certainly doing way too much over consuming. And so another huge aspect of this that I teach um, with my clients is that the psyche, the ego that has all these different personas. It's like all these different family members in our head that are always trying to chime in. You know, you can imagine you're driving a, a RV with your whole family and you're going on a road trip and your higher self's driving, you know exactly where you're going. And you got like drunk uncle Biff. That's like, Hey, there's a McDonald's. Let's go. And wants to take the wheel. Right. And detour the route. And, you know, enough of the family members get pissed off and sick of Uncle Biff because he's too drunk. So we decide, you know, you've been voted off the island. We're going to pull over, kick him out. That's what we try to do with these voices that we don't like, these aspects of our psyche in our head, is we try to exclude them and it doesn't work. It just come back louder, like the voice of self-doubt, the, you know, the negative Nancy voice. So that would be the equivalent of in that example, you know, we, we go take off and just leave drunk uncle Biff, but he's drunk in public now and he gets thrown in jail. So now we got to go bail him out anyway and turn around and go pick. So it's like just how you relate with your family that's going on with your psyche in, in your head. So when you get to know these parts of ourselves, um, it's a simple exercise, you know, it's called name that voice and you give it a name you give it a character, right? You can use a fun cartoon character, movie character, but a visual of this character. And then the third one, really important, is the purpose of this um, egoic construct, this person, this voice in your head. And for me, it was Pac-Man. 
You know, I gave him the name Pac-Man because it was that voice that just loved more is always better. Right. I'd be like, ah, the guys want to go out for a drink. So cool. I'll just go out for one drink. And then we go out and it's like Pac-Man starts taking the wheel. He's like, I'll have another one, you know, and another. And then, you know, wake up the next day with, well, well, if it isn't consequences of my own decisions, you know, feeling like crap again. Right. So instead of perpetuating that cycle and trying to exclude that Pac-Man persona, I actually began to get to know it and understand its purpose. And Pac-Man is simply on this ride with me, wanting to make sure that we don't miss out on any of the pleasures and the, the good stuff, the juiciness to, to this human experience. And he just knows one gear, which is full throttle, more and more and more. But knowing that purpose and giving him a name and a persona, now I can recognize him when he's trying to take the wheel we can have a little internal dialogue. So that same example would be, you know, all right, I see you, Pac-Man, you know, wanting to uh, go have a king's dinner and have tons of drinks and dessert and all the things. How about we just enjoy this last sip as if it's this last drink, like it's our last ever. And we're going to write a novel about it because we're a food connoisseur. We get to enjoy all the flavors, the textures, the aromas. And he loves that. He's like, what? increased pleasure and value let's do it you know so now he's taking the back seat and my higher self's driving again and so now i'm making better decisions not dealing with the same consequences of charles 1.0 and this is a game changer when you get to know and integrate these parts and they are much like our, our humans and our souls you know that want to be seen they want to be heard they want to be appreciated for their purpose so when we give them that, then they can take the back seat and it's not this loud voice always that's, you know, steering the wheel in directions that aren't in our highest path. I love that you name them and give them a creative name and you separate it. You separate that voice. Pac-Man is a good one. You know, I'm thinking of people who are in my space who are doing keto or fasting and they're trying to get healthy and lose weight. And I'm thinking about the voices in their heads, right? Let's call it uh, the cookie monster, right? The cookie monster who's like, all right, you've been eating clean for, let's say, 30 days, and you're making some progress. And a lot of people will end up creating a binge or whatever it is. The cookie monster gets a hold of them. So let's talk about that in relation to those who are struggling to get on that healthy path. Somebody who's watching or listening who maybe identifies with their diabetes or identifies with their disease so much that... They kind of brag. I've seen this bragging about how many medications they take and the groups they're in, the lupus group, whatever it is. How do they separate that voice so they're able to actually make those consistent gains where it's not one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back? How, how do they maybe practical advice for those in the health space looking to do that and lose the weight and get healthy? Yeah, first thing is get to know that part of you. You know, name it. Like you said, Cookie Monster is a good one because it's like, because these parts are usually pointing to uh, a younger version of us, you know, when these parts came online and they're usually aspects that are trying to keep us safe, trying to like protect us. Right. But um, when you understand, give it a name, understand its purpose and give it a character, then you can catch it faster and it's on your awareness. So it's like, before you go reach for the cookie, you got this aha moment. I see who's taking the wheel right now. 
and then pause, you know, take a deep breath and realize, I know where that's going to go, right? I have the cookie, then I want another one and I gobble it down and I'm like also ingesting this energy of guilt and shame. Mm. So you're, you're envisioning if you make that decision, how are you going to feel what it's going to look like in the future, in the near I, future? Okay. So your future forecasting, because you've already done that route. So that's like the same pathway that you've done many times, and we know where that results. It results in guilt, shame, stomach aches, feeling like crap about ourselves. So if we know that's the consequence, then check in with who's taking the wheel. You know, that cookie monster, get to know that part. Where, when did cookie monster come online? Right. Was it, you know, early on in life when a divorce or something, you know, there was an aspect of yourself you didn't like when you looked in the mirror and then it was like that downward spiral would lead to seeking pleasure. And so the quick pleasure was the cookie or the chocolate or the sugar. Right. And until you actually go and give the love, support, and safety to these younger parts of yourself. Then I have an entire, you know, inner peace process for reparenting that is amazing for going to the source of where this began and also identifying the beliefs that are created. Because just like in my example, this is usually in challenging situations when a child's experiencing being scared for the first time right? Like now as adults, we understand what that's like. We're familiar with it. But as a child, the first time feeling scared, that is an intense experience. And so this is, you know, what people classify as trauma. But if you can go back to those parts and get to support yourself through that experience and understand, you know, the weeds that were created, the decisions made like, oh, I'm scared. I must be weak. Right. And so I'm not strong enough to accomplish what I want. So if that belief is created for yourself at a young age, then, you know, you create these goals as an adult and you're like higher self is like all on board. We're doing this, no going out off route and we're going to, you know, eat super clean and all the things, but your subconscious is still creating this belief that needs to be addressed. And it'll show up as like, man, you know, you get an argument. Now you're pissed off. Now you don't even care about your goals. You're just reaching for pleasure. And so that's the time to pause and check in with who's trying to take the wheel. Get to know that cookie monster when that first began, that pleasure seeking strategy, which is actually, you know, pretty admirable for a child really young to develop a strategy to you know, that doesn't know how to process emotions then and what to do when you're scared. And so it resorts to freezing or flight or fighting, you know, and so that can look like seeking pleasure. And when you get to know these parts and you have a step-by-step process to heal these younger parts where these beliefs were originally created, then you can pull them like weeds and plant deeper truths and bring that love, support, and safety to the parts of you that need it most. Let your body finally metabolize those trapped emotions. And then it's the same energy that's creating planets flowing to and through you. And you just feel so good. You just want to share it, you know, and then you're tapping into that natural chemistry 
um, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin that's already within you, you're releasing that for yourself. And so there's not the need to reach for it externally with the cookie or, you know, because a lot of people can probably relate, you know, if it's, uh, okay, my goal is to cut out the sugar, right? And then you cut that out and you're like, man, I, I sure noticed I've been drinking more alcohol, right? And you're like, oh man, okay, I need to cut that out too. And you're like, oh wow, then you start smoking more, right? It's like this transfer of addictions, right? To still seeking externally. And so this uh, process that developed is profound for actually discovering what's at the source of that. And there's gold there, you know? And until you heal that for yourself, it'll just keep transferring to something else. You know, whether it's now it's the smartphone, right? And social media and all the things looking for dopamine there, you know, and cotton scroll holes or, you know, all kinds of things, right? So you can keep jumping from one to the next and self-sabotaging, or you can go to the source of where that is coming from in the first place. Those childhood traumas, understanding the lessons and blessings from it, allow you to make peace with that past experience, which was simply an event, you know, as, as bad as it was, we're the meaning makers of if that was good or bad. And so we can't change the past, but we can change the meaning about it and what we've learned from that. And that allows our trajectory and our goals to be accomplished in a much easier fashion moving forward. It's a game changer and it, it makes it so much easier to choose creating, you know, and your, your life's purpose and, you know, sharing your, your God-given gifts as opposed to over-creating. And that gets out of balance for a lot of people. Meaning-making machines, us human beings. It's, it's interesting because there's about 8 billion people on planet Earth or so. Essentially, there's 8 billion different movies playing at the same time. Like somebody could see an event. Let's say 100 people see a certain event happen in front of them. There's 100 different stories created from that event. That's pretty mind-blowing that there's 8 billion different movies playing right now. And some people are watching completely different movies than what I'm watching. We've seen that the last three years. Hey, Keto Camper. There's something that I do every single day to supercharge my mitochondria to help with inflammation and soreness from a workout. And that is the use of red light therapy. This is called photobiomodulation. And there's a ton of research that shows the benefits of near-infrared and red light therapy. The red light therapy that I use is from Bon Charge. I simply use it 10 to 20 minutes per day. It has both near-infrared and red light. And every single day when I use this, I feel ready to take on my day. So whether you're dealing with gut pain, joint inflammation, or you want to just supercharge your mitochondria, get your hands on a quality red light therapy device. And I highly recommend the one from Bon Charge. They hooked you all up for being a Keto Camp podcast listener with a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do, check out this product and all the wonderful products they have available is to go to boncharge.com slash Keto Camp and use the coupon code KETOCAMP at checkout to save 15% off your order. We will drop that link and coupon code in the podcast notes. Go check it out and let's get right back to this episode. Have you ever done Landmark Education? Do you, are you familiar with Landmark? I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I've done the curriculum. A lot of it's very similar language. Of course, you're going in depth here and you do that with your coaching. But it reminds me because it's essentially stories that we're creating. Like you said, we have, you, you know, when you lost your mom when you were 10 years old, she, your mom committed suicide. There's so many different stories you could create from that. But which stories are going to serve you now and serve your relationships and serve your behaviors, et cetera? And we get to choose, right? But it isn't until we create that awareness. And that's why I, I love about your process about identifying, giving it a, a name that you'll remember because that creates awareness. And I want to, it reminds me of a quote from uh, Neville Goddard who said, we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination, right? So that weakness of attention is not being aware, just letting that subconscious mind, the paradigm run the show. And then poverty of imagination is the, the stinking thinking thoughts, the negative stories that we create from that. So you are an inner peace coach and you teach this. What, I want to know your definition of inner peace. If you were in an elevator with somebody and you said, I'm an inner peace coach, how would you define inner peace in a minute or less? Yeah. It's our natural state. It's actually like home base. It is like fully, I also call it sovereignty. <laughs> That's you good. Know, I like haven't heard that word. I like that. Fully filled with your own life force energy, like fully inhabiting your body with your soul. So much so that there's no room for anything else. And anything else will get highlighted so that you can just return to sender or ground it. It can be composted, transmuted into higher vibrational frequencies and creations of life. And so it's this natural state of being, right? Where you are in your element, right? Like you recognize you are part of it all. Like when you're going on a walk in nature, it's like, I am deeply connected to this, all the life here, you know, from a thread that's much more than this human mind can comprehend. Mm. And if you are, if you're present walking in nature, there's two ways to get the oxytocin, the GABA, the dopamine. You could be on your phone scrolling on social media in nature, or you could put the phone away and be present and return to source and get it that way. That's right. And when you're present with nature, there's so much it teaches us. You know, it's like, for instance, there is more than enough. You know, um, so many of us, especially men, deal with this like not good enough, not being enough, these type of decisions and beliefs that were created early on. They keep showing up in our business, um, in our relationships, and in our health. And so when we look in nature, it's like Mother Earth provides more than enough abundance and resources for every single living being, man and animals, to thrive. So it's not a matter of whether there's enough. It's actually a matter of, you know, dispersing it and getting that to the right people, places, and things that need it. And so that's been the difference with humanity and nature because you see a forest of trees boy, they have their internet, you know, it's the mycelium <laughs> underneath that's connecting them that they're communicating with. So if there's an ill tree, it's not getting enough nutrients or, you know, vitamins and, and sunlight, then the larger trees through that mycelium can communicate and, and allocate those resources so that that tree can thrive too, knowing that they're all part of the same system. And so that's totally possible for humans too especially when we connect to nature in that way. It's always given us clues and answers when, uh, when we commune that way. 
Mm, beautiful example of the trees. I love that. Abundance is our birthright. I really believe that. One of my favorite quotes, going back to another quote, from abundance, they took abundance and what remained was abundance. There is no shortage of abundance. It's everywhere, all present, evenly at the same time. What are some other practical tips that you give your, your clients for them to, like, for example, I want to talk about the, this imposter syndrome, right? This is something that personally over the years, even to this day, is something that I deal with, uh, you know, speaking on stages. Sometimes if I'm speaking at a conference where there's a lot of medical doctors and people that have these degrees, I could build it up in my head that I'm not good enough to be here. I'm going to say something stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about. And I know that it stems from when I was a child and all of my relationships, just like you laid it out. But what are some things that maybe give me some coaching? Uh, and I'm getting better, but I'm not to a point to the point where I want to be with those thoughts that start creeping in, especially when I'm taking myself outside my comfort zone. So how would you coach me on that? Yeah, great question. And first, we dive into, is it just when you go to speak on stages that that imposter shows up? It's not when I only speak on stages. Like, for example, I spoke just a few days ago in Orlando, and I didn't get any of that. I felt comfortable with the audience and the crowd was different than like a medical conference or med it's when I put people on a pedestal, other speakers that I think are smarter than me. That's when it pops up for me. Yeah. Comparison, the thief of joy. Yes. <laughs> and so here's what's great. We tackle it from a number of different ways. You know, there's the entire inner peace process, which is to go back to that youngster where this developed in the first place, you know, whether it was like the spelling bee, which is like freaking, you know, public humiliation for kids at a young age. That's created all kinds of traumas for kids, you know, looking stupid and creating these beliefs about ourselves. So wherever that um, pinpoints, you can access that through this inner peace process, which is beautiful because then you can reparent that version of you and identify those decisions that were made about yourself then in regards to not being good enough or, you know, comparing yourself to others in that arena. And that part of you is just asking for some support. That youngster is like, man, still kind of stuck in this experience of the past. And he just wants to be caught up to speed on how much you've grown, all the stages you've already been on, and all the evidence of success that you already have. So it's essentially like you get to rescue him through this um, inner work. And, you know, that could be a whole nother uh, podcast if you want. I'd love to guide you through that. But secondly, then like we're talking about, you can address the psyche by getting to know this persona, you know, who is this so-called imposter syndrome, you know, given him a name, you know, given this voice that you hear in your head, how does he speak to you? And does it um, create anxiety? What does it show up and feel like in your body? Getting to know that character in your mind, um, giving him a, a name and then understanding his purpose. Because it's usually because it's aspects of our ego, it's just trying to protect us and keep us safe. And the ego only knows safety by what's familiar that we've been through before, even if that's really painful, right? Or a, a struggling situation. So when you go back to that, then you can dive in on the next level of like having a little communication with that aspect of you. Like, listen, we've been on stages before and got to share our heart, speak straight from this space 
and really connect with a lot of people all at once. So, um, you know, why don't you let my higher self take this and you can just kick back and relax in the back seat. And then that can appease that part of you, or maybe there's some more attention that's needed there. Then this is a really cool, uh, little hint here is every time you take a moment to visualize before you go on stage or before you go to that event, the best case scenario and allow yourself to experience that viscerally, it'd be like, you know, taking a moment to just breathe deep and tuning into really getting to connect with the audience and like really feeling that heart connection and that you take them on a ride through an emotional experience that they can relate with and they gain lots of value from. And then it just erupts in this giant applause, you know, and everybody just wants to share and connect with you even more. And they're so excited that you were inspired to share from your heart. And you can imagine the handshakes, the high fives, the hugs, and the celebration after it. The more you put your attention and energy, into the optimal case scenario, you've just increased your chances of that happening exponentially. Whereas if what we usually do is allow ourselves to go into the default program, which is like, oh boy, man, this is going to be tough. I hope I can remember all my lines. What if I F up? Like, right. And then we're increasing the chances of that happening. That's how powerful our attention and our energy is. And that's why it's our greatest asset. So using that diligently for, I call it visioneering. Yeah, I love that. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a game changer. What you put your energy into expands. You're, you're so right. Why, why not put that energy into a positive outcome? And I love the idea of visualizing that and experiencing the round of applause, You know, the impact that I'm going to make with everybody there. Uh, that's super helpful. I have a question for you, another question for you, Charles. You know, it's a tough question to answer, but let's say if you had to choose a percentage of, we talk about illness and disease and symptoms, and we've been brainwashed to believe that they're all bad things when in reality, reality, they're gifts from the innate intelligence. But when we think about disease and cancer, heart disease, I, mean, I, could, I could go on and on. What percentage of these diseases and dying a short life is a result of the inner work? versus the tangibles, like eat this, sleep this amount. But what, what percentage would you say is the inner work, people not doing the inner work? Oh, for, you mean like as a result of their illness or dis-ease? I would say what percentage of success comes from the inner work? That's a better way to ask the question. Like 99%. Because when you're able to go to the source of how this is happening for you and realize those lessons and blessings, then it's easier to make the choices that can allow what your body's trying to tell you in the first place. So for example, like I used to suffer from eczema, right? So back when Charles 1.0 and I was going out on the weekends and overindulging, it was like I was waking up with itchy, scratchy skin and it would break, break out in hives. And so two things that that was pointing to. One, there was some anxiety that I wasn't addressing. That I was trying to avoid. And usually anxiety has to do with avoidance and fear, right? It's like not trusting in the flow of life. So 
that was a whole can of worms that was exciting to dive in on. And then the other one was I asked myself three questions. And these can be really helpful for anyone that's being confronted with a challenge or an uncomfortable feeling. Ask yourself, how is it happening for me? And this is an important one because it's not to me, it's how is it happening for me? That's taking you out of victim mode. Because victim mode, why is this happening to me, can just prolong suffering and the experience of it much longer than needed. You ask yourself, how's it happening for me? This is actually allowing the self-inquiry, asking questions allows your mind to go from, instead of the negative default programs, uh-oh, I better go on Google and self-diagnose, and, and then that just perpetuates the anxiety and negative spirals and makes things even worse, right? Instead, take a deep breath, calm your nervous system and ask, how's it happening for me? This allows your mind to be a beautiful instrument of the heart, like a heat seeking missile looking for answers instead of going into its negative default program. Second question, what needs to change? And this is a big one because your body's trying to tell you and it doesn't talk through words like we do. It talks through feelings. And so when something feels good or relieves the, the pain temporarily or feels better, that's a yes from your body. Do more of that. When something feels, makes it worse, um, perpetuates it, that's your body saying no. So third one, what are the lessons to learn and what are the blessings to earn? From this experience and this is cool because you even if you don't get the answers instantaneously you know sit with it for a little bit and see what comes through because even if the answers don't come instantaneously it might be like the first thing that shows up on your phone when you look at it or you know synchronistic experiences will happen because now your reticular activation you've set to seeking answers instead of negative default programs for your mind and then for my example, you know, it was really clear what needed to change. I was like, man, I need to change my diet. Uh, eczema is showing that internally uh, there's something off, right? It's pointing to my gut. There was, you know, an imbalance in my microbiome. There was like I was um, having gut issues that were showing up externally as my skin. So I could go, you know, to the doctor and just get a bunch of creams and put those on it and hopefully that takes care of the symptoms but it keeps showing up again right until we listen and communicate with our body and then honor those answers so for me it was what needed to change was i needed to cut out the sugar and the alcohol and as soon as i cut that out got that intuitive hit my body was like thank you yes we don't need to show you that symptom anymore Right? The symptom's just a message. So it was profound because that's literally how I healed uh, from eczema. And so that is an example of why it's 99% the inner work, improving that relationship with your body, understanding those messages. Because you can go to doctors, you can go on Google, you can go seek externally, but nobody knows you, your soul and your body like you. So why not? Allow that to be an opportunity to improve that relationship with yourself. And every time you listen to your intuition and honor that, say yes to that, you're saying yes to your soul. You're saying yes to your highest path. 
And that's exciting because, you know, when we're, when we're praying, it's like we're talking to God. But when we are listening and saying yes to our intuition, that's God talking to us. So you're improving that connection every time you say yes and honor that. And so for me, that was taking space from alcohol and cutting out the sugar. And that was a game changer. It was like, and then literally if I would try drinking again and introduce sugar again, it would start showing up again. It was like, oh, okay, I got it. And so I took enough space from that, healed my gut, did the other intuitive you know, supplements and things I was called to that helped me with that gut healing so that I don't have that symptom anymore. And that was like nine years ago. So it's pretty cool, you know, how, that's why I say 99% is the inner work because, you know, that 1% is the honoring of those messages from your body, of making change, right? And embodying the deep wisdom and the lessons and blessings that come from that. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, I, I usually say 95%. You're a little bit more bold than I am, but I'm not disagreeing with you. You're so right. Thank God we have this amazing check engine system. And the question is, are you paying attention to the messages of the body? Most people are not. So conversations like this help them identify that these symptoms are good. It's your body's way of communicating with you. Let's figure out why the check engine light is on. Don't just mask it up because that's what most people do. Pull the car over and open up the hood. Then you go to the source. Your example with the eczema is perfect. I have a final question for you. We talked about oxytocin, you know, GABA, dopamine, these amazing chemicals and, and love hormones that the body produces naturally that is just tremendous to feel these amazing processes within the body. And one of my favorite ways to achieve it is with a supplement that I call vitamin G. And I call it vitamin G because it's the practice of gratitude. It's being in a grateful state, a grateful heart, which is something you exhibit all the time. So my question for you, Charles, is what are you grateful for today? What is your, your dose of vitamin G you want to take right now? Man, I'm grateful for these conversations and getting to be right here, right now, sharing, bouncing the ball back and forth with you know really important information conversations and connections that, you know, who, whose heart this reaches and who resonates with this and, you know, feels called to reach out and dive deeper on this inner work. Amazing. You know, this is uh, my highest excitement. And the more I keep showing up for my highest excitement, new levels in the game open up, new dreams come true. And that's why um, I love this inner work. It's not always easy, but having a process and a system for it to access why it's happening for you is profound because it allows more dreams to come true. And I've got to witness that with my clients all around the world. And it's just a deep level of fulfillment that's so much more rewarding than money or a supplement or a dopamine hit. You know, it's just a deep level of this is my path. This is why I came here. And it's such an honor to get to share this. So that's my gratitude. Yeah, I love that vitamin G. Where is the best place for the keto campers watching and listening to check out your work and potentially learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, visit charlesclay.coach. And there's a free gift there for all the listeners. Just subscribe at the bottom. And you can get your free guided alignment activation. 
This is to guide you through a meditation, movement, and breathwork practice that'll help you access that feeling of sovereign chi, that like real home base in your own energy and your own body. So I love sharing that because when it feels good, you know it's working and it allows a lot of people to create from that inspirational energy instead of like creating from scarcity. And secondly, same thing uh, for those on Instagram, reach out charlesclay.coach and uh, just shoot me a DM if any of this resonates, you want to dive deeper on it. I love connecting. I also have free gift while there's space available for free 15 minute support calls for those that you know, have any of these issues that are coming up and they want to discover the lessons and blessings from it and allow more dreams to come through. Don't hesitate to reach out. I know that was one of uh, my initiations early on. Charles 1.0, trying to do everything myself, <laughs> solopreneur. When the going got tough, like escape to my man cave and try to process everything on my own. There's just such an easier way. Um, we're all in this together. So follow your intuition and reach out to those that you feel to ask for support. And uh, you'll find that there's magic in that. It's like a way to identify and avoid a lot of unnecessary landmines on your path, you know, just by getting support and people that have walked that path before can, can give lots of guidance. It's a, you know, I call it a chief code. It's, it's not even a cheat code because you would only be cheating yourself the chief code. It's like the chiefs that have been sharing this wisdom, this esoteric knowledge for, you know, so many lineages that it's uh, really cool to share. Very cool. It's so important to have that chief code and you'll take decades of pain and learning, condense that into days. You stand on the shoulders of these giants. So if this is resonating with you, we're going to put those links in the notes of the YouTube and the podcast. Go check out Charles. Charles, I acknowledge you, brother, for always being a great friend to me. How you show up in this world, you're authentic. You exude somebody who's living on purpose with their purpose, somebody who's clear on what they want to teach, how they want to teach it, and it comes from a caring heart. So I'm grateful for you, and I am looking forward to seeing you very soon and giving you a big hug, and I love and appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show, dude. Let's go. Appreciate you too, brother. Thank you. Peace. hope you got a lot from that conversation with Charles. I am about to book a 30-minute call with him to work more on my imposter syndrome, comparing myself to others. And I hope you check out his work and potentially work with him. His website is charlesclay.coach. His Instagram is at charlesclay.coach. We'll drop that down below. Please consider sharing this episode with somebody you know, a friend, a coworker, a family member, who might be going through some tough times and they hear a conversation like this and it really just lights them up and gives them light at the end of the tunnel. You can simply copy and paste the link in a text message and say, I'd love your thoughts on this conversation. That's the way I would personally do it. Consider leaving the show a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening from today. If you want to watch the video version of today's interview and all interviews that could be found on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash keto camp. Go get registered for my free training, Bridging the Gap Between the Science and the Art of Keto, Four Secrets to Keto Masterclass over at ketosismasterclass.com. I hope to see you on there soon. Have an incredible day. I've got vitamin G gratitude for you. I'll see you on the next episode.
podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.